Welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. I'm your host, Sean Smith. Joining me tonight, Alex Doherty of the Tennessean. Alex, how you doing? I'm great. Glad to be here. First time as a guest. Nice to, <laughs> nice to have you on <laughs> as a guest today. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we got a lot to talk about, Alex. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot, lot to cover. This is a Busy, busy time of the year. It's, it's been it's been a whirlwind. Actually, you know, since our last show, immediately after our last show, well, after the pregame show and the pre-pregame show. Mm-hmm. But That's right, yeah. after, before, pre, post, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right after we got off the air, the Predators went on uh, and kept their road trip win streak going with uh, a big win against Los Angeles and then continued on to close the road trip out with the franchise's first five-game road trip win streak and followed it up last night with a big win at yeah. home. Alex, trade rumors are forming and swirling as the deadline looms. Barry Trotz is playing coy with the media. And the playoffs, Alex, are back in play. All of that coming up on Penalty Box Radio Live, plus some very exciting news about a new sponsor for our main event three-on-three draft wow. at the end of the show. And if you're if you're paying attention, you may have already figured out who it is. <laughs> We're going to start off, Alex, with our puck drop topic. And, uh, you know, there's there's been a history on the show of Alex trying to catch me slipping or something. I'm not sure what happened. He's always <laughs> he's always got some kind of clever answer after he, he, he makes me answer the question first. So I'm, okay. I'm not going to do it to him. All right. This is just this is a fair question. So, Alex, puck drop. Let's get right into it. Which was worse? The Predators' first period against Dallas during their last home game before the road trip or the Ottawa Senators' third period against the Nashville Predators last night? Um, I I think the Predators' first period against the Dallas Stars was worse because, number one, the game wasn't in doubt yet technically. Okay. And two, I think Dallas scored, what, three goals that period and the Predators only gave up – and the, the Senators only gave up like, what, Two, I guess. So I, I'm, I'll give you the stats. The Preds had had four goals against in that first four. period. Wow, gosh. four goals against all one, against one shot. Four, one shot, one shot on goal. Four yeah. against Soros, and then the Senators, like you said, they they only had one goal against in the uh, in the third last night, and yeah. and of course zero shots. But I mean zero shots, one shot. Does it really matter? No, well, I mean we're splitting hairs. They're both awful. So like, but it, that was an impressive third period though for the by the Preds last night. So just as impressive of a of a third period, uh-huh. right? Defensively, yeah. I suppose, as the first period was offensively for the Dallas Stars. Right? Yeah, I would, I would. I think that's. I think they're pretty close. I think they're pretty pretty similar uh, in terms of like bad and good for the opposing teams. But uh, what, what I thought was funny was that some of the players, the, some of the Predators players, didn't realize that they that the Ottawa didn't even have a shot in that period. <laughs> I, I don't think any of them realized yeah. it. I think once once it had been brought to their attention, they were aware. But I think it was something that, like in the course of the third period, they were not actively aware. Like with two minutes of like, guys, we haven't allowed a single yeah. shot. Let's keep it going. It was just really no shots at all. Yeah, they um, they were just focused on playing hard. You know. Well, that's what you. They've want, been right? too focused on their vacations recently, <laughs> and so they're trying to focus on playing winning hockey. Yeah, so. I, you know, I mean, it's it's exciting. When you get to think about vacations, they can't but, worry about how many shots the other team has. They can only worry about themselves. I'm, and I'll, I'll say, you know, we're just we just heard Smashville live. And we did, and and I will say that as of probably seven oh four, neither 
Michael McCarron, nor Dante Fabro are at the Pitbull concert tonight. <laughs> There's a Pitbull concert tonight? I, you were I'm, not, the, I'm not in that scene. You were at the same game I was at last I night. I don't pay they attention to that. They talked about it nonstop. They, they, they came by. They're like, Alex, make sure you talk about it. I didn't know it was Pitbull. tonight. It was tonight, and it was really everybody was really excited about Mister Worldwide. Do you know who that is? That's, I, I, that's I do. What they call Pitbull, Alex. I do understand who that so, is. So okay, but here's the thing: look, they're not at. They're, they weren't planning on going. It's not like this was a big reward to go mm-hmm. to the Pitbull show. It's just there's one there, and they're like, you know what? We're focused on hockey, not on concerts, not on Mister Worldwide. We're focused on something else. You know what that is, Alex? What's that? The Stanley Cup. Yeah, they're focused on the Stanley Cup. That's that. That's their main thing. So, you know, look, I I agree with you, of course, on the puck drop topic. But uh, just let's do a quick recap of the past week. Of course, like we said, they they played the Kings right after our last show, four one win on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they played San Jose, four two win. There's a, there's a theme here, and then they played in Anaheim, four two win in Anaheim, and mm-hmm. then believe it or not, last night, like we just talked about, four one win. At home against Ottawa, making it six in a row. That's that's a pretty good win streak. Six in a row, four four goals in each game. Yeah, well, not uh, well, some of the ones before that had five. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. still, I was I was curious. I don't know if you think about this. So, do you know the last time the Predators had a six game win streak? It was earlier this season. That's correct. It was in November, and I do know this because I, I wrote about it for the Tennessee actually. Oh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there, there was a six-game road, six-game win streak earlier in the year. It was in late November, and uh, it ended. Uh, did you know this? Do you know who ended that streak? No, John Hines of the Minnesota Wild. Oh my goodness! And who me. did the Predators play tomorrow night? John John Hines in the Minnesota in the Wild. Minnesota Wild. Now it's interesting, and I, I, history I had, repeat itself. I had to look this up because I just I just didn't know, right? And I'm not embarrassed to say I didn't know. Lots of six-game win streaks in the Predators' history, but getting past six seems to be the challenge. They've they've had two seven-game win streaks. Is, is this uh, how far back did you go for this? All the way, uh, like history of the franchise. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Oh, I, two seven-game win streaks. One eight-game win streak. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were starting with the, okay. No, no. Continue. And then one ten-game win streak. Do you right. remember when that one was? Uh, that was was that the 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 good Hines year, <laughs> <laughs> the good year of John Hines that everyone likes um, to forget about conveniently or no? No, that was that was the year that was they got seven. Oh, okay, that year. Okay. Um, no, this was uh, the uh, President's Trophy year. Oh, right, of course. Uh, went on a ten game ten, ten game stretch there. Pretty pretty exciting, and and you know something that. I think we've we've talked about. I think a lot of people talked about when the Predators were not on a six-game win streak was that the vast majority of this team's scoring was coming from a very very small percentage of the team, looking mainly at the top line. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, a little bit from Roman Yossi. At least he was involved in the scoring, even if he wasn't scoring all the goals. He was getting he was getting assists, right? Mm-hmm. But we're, we're talking about you would go for weeks at a time, no goals beyond the first line. Maybe not weeks at a time, but it seemed <laughs> like it. You're like, well, who's going to score a goal tonight? Ah, Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nyquist got a goal. And then the yeah. next night it would be O'Reilly. And then later later in the week it might be one of the other two or something, and, and it would just pop up. But now the big thing that we saw on this road trip, you're, you know what I'm going to say, right? Depth scoring. Depth scoring, Alex. Yeah. 
depth scoring. That was a big part of it, and um, I, I think I figured out that there were 15 different goal scorers total. Yeah, that is um, correct. And uh, over over the course of the of the first over the course of the five game, I, I, I guess if there there wasn't anyone new that scored last night, I don't think, but. Yeah, the depth scoring was huge, and you still had contributions from the top line. Of course, Forsberg had a few, Nyquist had a few, but, I mean, you had goals even from Luke Shin. Yeah, Luke Shin, Luke Shin got on the board. And it, in that look streak. At this. Within, and I'm just talking about the road trip, just about the five-game road trip where they won all five games. That yeah. was a franchise first. I don't know if you knew that or yeah. not. Keep mentioning that. It's exciting. 22 goals on the road trip. Okay. Right? Like you said, 15 different goal scores. That's, that is correct. Eight of those 22 goals came from, I would say, your top four that you would expect to see, the top line plus Roman Yossi. But out of those eight goals, four of them were empty net goals. Right. There were quite a few of those. Which is interesting. However, of the other 14 goals, which all came from what we're going to call the depth, only two empty net goals. Yeah, and empty netters are, I mean, obviously only certain kind of players are going to get them because they're only out there in an empty net situation. So you're gonna have, uh, you know, I, I, the empty netters are, are really just random noise, right? I mean, they're not, you can't really tell anything about that. But you, what you can tell is, if you're getting a lot of empty netters, you're winning a lot of games. Well, that that so. too. But you know, I'm bringing up the number of empty net goals because you know you might say, well, who got the empty net goal? How many of those mm-hmm. 14 goals from the depth were empty netters? Well, just just two. I mean, yeah, yeah. The other 12 were sure. legitimate. We're going to put a goal past your goalie or put a puck past your goalie and score a goal. We're going to get things done the old-fashioned way. Not wait till the end of the game and cherry pick, right? Yeah, for sure. But that's that to me, that tells you that the depth is not just stepping up to contribute, but they're doing it in a major way. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's, that's been a big part of it. I mean, the the goaltending has been big. The, we we probably should bring up the fact that not all of these opponents are good opponents. I mean, certainly beating Vegas and Los Angeles is something to be proud of if you're the Predators, but San Jose and Anaheim, not as much, no. and maybe not even St. Louis. And then no. last night was Ottawa. So well, we have to consider, what, out of these six wins, four bad ones? Th- at least three bad ones. Teams. Bad teams out of these out of these six t- yeah, teams yeah. that they beat wins against kind of bad teams out I, of these yeah. yeah I would agree with that I and I don't know it, I think at this point you just need the wins and I, I think about this too is that at the end of the day you know whether it's an empty net goal or a goal that goes past the goaltender mm-hmm. um, they all count the same at the end of the yeah. season and so do the wins it doesn't yeah. matter but you've got to rip those wins off of those teams that you should beat but the bigger thing is what what has this done to what this team is gonna how this team is gonna attack the next few couple weeks because if they don't go on a five game win streak and then now make it a six game win streak they they don't sit in the same position with regards to the trade deadline which is now eight days away nine days away right I mean you're you're looking at quite possibly the most chaotic hectic and interesting time in in the NHL is yeah. this trade deadline the week or two before the trade deadline but when you take a team that had lost just game after game and was i mean like we said last week the literal laughing stock of the nhl mm-hmm. you know, having this this u2 concert situation just drawn out on on you know network television for the for everyone to see and laugh at to then go and just six game win streak right yeah 
and now you're back in a playoff position. I mean, let's let's be realistic. Uh, but I just wanted to say this before we go. We have a little bit of breaking news when we come back. Oh, this some, is exciting. Some, some breaking well, news in the trade NHL trade deadline world. Okay. Some breaking news. We'll we'll tell you about that when we come back. All right. Well, before we go, before we go. Yeah. Preds fans, you ready for the face-off? Just like hockey, home buying is all about strategy and timing. Salas Realty Group knows this game well. They're the MVPs of Nashville real estate, getting you the win with every transaction. Find your champion property at salasrealtygroup.com. Salas Realty Group, the power play for your home search. Well, that is the case. I, I think if we're in the playoff spot, I owe that to our players. I owe that to our to our fans. Yeah, that, that's fairly accurate. Now, obviously, I'm going to leave a little window open. If there's some kind of crazy deal that comes out and knocks me on my chair, then I will definitely I owe that to the fans as well and, and, uh, and the organization. So I think we're, the framework is, is, is there. We just got to... Make sure that, like I said, the the the, the years and the, and the numbers match. Uh, if they do, then then we will probably do something. If we if we can't, then uh, I I'm in a position not to. I don't think I can let a guy like Tommy Nowak go for nothing. I don't think I, I, I I've got to get something if, he, if he's not signed before the trade deadline. That was Fred General Manager Barry Trotz talking uh, about some trade deadline situations and I think those comments will probably get some smash villains a little bit fired up uh, but before we get into that uh, Alex has some breaking trade news that he's going to give you all the details on so we just found this out while we were on the air during the last segment but Frank Cervalli and, and others of course are, are reporting that Chris Tanev of the Calgary Flames is headed to the Dallas Stars and the Flames are getting a second round pick a prospect who is we don't know who that is yet oh. and an additional conditional pick so like that's probably if something like if Dallas makes it past the second round of the playoffs then the fourth rounder becomes the third rounder that kind of thing um but uh, that just came down so that's the first really major trade yeah. thing to come out i mean i there i i don't think there have been any other ones involving nhl players uh in quite a while so there you go chris tanev going to the dallas stars for second round pick a prospect additional conditional pick chris tanev 34 year old defenseman um he's in like the last year of a four million dollar a year contract i think that's right maybe six million um and uh dallas getting defensive depth so i guess that's what they think they need uh one of the things they need I guess so, and I'll, I'll be really honest with you here. Let's let's think about this. Does that seem like an overpay to you? I guess it depends on the prospect. So I saw someone comment that that they thought an, a first round pick would be too much. So I, I guess Agreed. a second round pick seems like okay, but then there's also a prospect in there. It kind of maybe depends on who that prospect is. If it's if it's if it's somebody that's NHL ready, or yeah. if it's uh, somebody who's it just depends on how far away they are. Remember so. that the Predators got. Jeremy Lo- famously got Jeremy Lozon for a second round pick and then signed him. But Jeremy Lozon at the time was 23 or 24. He was young. And uh, people thought that was an overpay. And Lozon now seems to be a pretty good bit, a uh, pretty good bet on, you know, that that trade seems to have worked out somewhat, I would I would think. Go ahead. I, I agree. And, and, and Nick Keezer has given us some more important information about this trade. The Flames are retaining 50% of Tanev's contract. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, 
that's I mean that adds another layer. <clears throat> there, there's money that Dallas isn't going to have to pay. That's going to yeah, help them out in the cap area as well. That's not surprising. I mean, all these all the teams that are buying right now are cash strapped, so. They are gonna. Ha- Most of these teams that are gonna sell these pieces are gonna have to retain salary or figure out the money to work some other way. It's more about the selling off the asset, right? Right. So, so how does this affect the Preds? Well, we just heard from Barry Trotz, right? I mean, I, I, I this this is not a trade that you can really compare with anyone on the Nashville Predators right now. They're not looking to off offload a you know cap heavy right older defenseman except for Tyson Barry. Correct. But. I, I don't think Tyson Berry. Well, Tyson Berry is maybe the best ex, best comparison. I, I think that's probably the I best. I think that's comparison. a fair comparison. I don't think there's any way they get a second round pick for Tyson Berry. You know, I, I just feel like a lot of the the drama that kind of surrounds Berry now that you've had the yeah. situation that's that's happened. I think that kind of I think that just drives the value down a little bit. Yeah. But of course, I mean, you th- I don't know. You take out the fact that they're retaining fifty percent of the salary. But the, it, that's that's what's going to have to happen for Barry too. True. I, well, then, I mean, then, if anything, it's worse for Barry because his contributions are not as big and and his salary is just as bad. So could you could see a second rounder then? Couldn't yeah. You? I mean, if you if you retain. And I know we got to get to the Soros and the Novak stuff, but this is important because the the trade deadline's a week away. It's it's really it's really nine days away, eight days away, I guess. And th- this kind of this kind of move tends to start things. The dominoes, yeah, begin to and, fall because you need something to sort of set the market. So if this is the market for a 34 year old defenseman who really is he's a defensive. I mean, he's not an offensive out you know juggernaut or anything. Would you, would you say he's a stay at home defenseman? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's that style, reliable, probably a penalty kill guy, and. I mean, good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Chris Tanev. I think I think that's a good good addition for Dallas. But if, man, if this is the uh, if this is the price, the market could be pretty hot. Market could be hot, and that 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 really contributes to good, what we're talking about now, doesn't a good it? Good seller's market, yeah, it's for a sure. Good seller's market, and that's that's really what it comes down to. I mean, let's let's kind of break this thing down with, with let's talk about let's have a little bit of Tommy time right now. I mean, okay. is that okay? I, yeah. He is discussing Tommy Novak and you want to touch Tommy, Tommy time or Soros slather. slather. <laughs> right what word? are we making so- ribs? What so- are we doing? <laughs> so- I don't know what's happening. Let's do, to- let's talk about Tommy. Let's Novak. do Tommy. Let's do this. Let's talk about Tommy time and we'll come up with something else. that starts with S. Okay. Okay. Does that sound good? So what did he what did okay. Trotz really say about Tommy Novak? Well there? that that's kind of the question, right? Is like what is he really saying? He's yeah. saying, look, I'm I'm not gonna give this guy away for I'm not gonna let him go for nothing. Mm-hmm. Meaning I don't want to let him walk at the end of the season, right? I don't want him to go to free agency. Right. But I'm also, you know, I like what he has. I like what he brings to the team. I think he has things that other players don't. Right. He adds a lot. I want to keep him. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Um, that that is what I'm hearing as well. Uh, it uh, to me it sounds like when I heard that conversation they had yesterday. It, he, this was Barry Trotz from his time on the Stillman and Company with Jared Stillman. Uh, what I heard was a guy, uh, Barry Trotz, basically communicating th- that no- Novak's price is too high. Yeah. That that the camp that Novak's camp is is entirely too high. Either we talked pro- about this last week, yeah, and, and it, it, we're hearing four million a year. Correct? Yeah, and and I think that's pro- that is too high. But I I think Barry is basically saying, if you're not going to back down from your number, 
we'll trade you. Yeah. And then you'll see that your number's too high because when you go to the market or try to get that team to pay that, or if you try to go to the you know just a, a UFA on the UFA market, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. Well, you got to think too because like, he's doing that thing at the end about we'll, we'll revisit if you if you don't get signed and we'll come back. Uh, you can come back to Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's interesting though, Alex, and this this is what kind of. You know, if you look at look at the situation that Novak has with the Predators, he's he's playing. You know, he's he's playing with some decent line mates. He's he's getting good solid minutes. Um, if he's going to another team, right? If there you got somebody who's in a playoff situation, they want to make a run. Mm-hmm. Are they adding him as as a top six forward? Or no, I don't think at, so. At middle six, right? So I, Correct. Uh, uh, and really third line. So I, I would say... So I, was, I, wrote, I was being generous with middle six. Okay, yeah. it's. I would say he's definitely going to be... So I, I wrote about this today for uh, for Tennessee, and you should go check it out. It, it was really like, here. here's the realistic look at where Tommy Novak could probably land. And to me, the number one option is New York, the Rangers. I think he would fit perfectly behind... You know, their, their top centers are Vincent Trocek, Mika's a Benajad. After that, it gets pretty thin. Yeah. Ryan McLeod is a good young player, but Novak is a better offensive player right now than he is. If they wanted to upgrade their third line offense, put him in there with Capocaco, maybe even uh, Dylan Holloway. I mean, there's a lot of not Dylan Holloway. Um, who am I thinking of? Oh, name will come to me. But put put him on a third line, especially with someone like Capocaco. Get him get him someone that can score. That line could be really good. I think New York Rangers would be a great option, but it would not be as a top six player. Well, and, and that's the thing is you get to that situation, not in the top six, you're you're coming into a situation where you want a new contract. You want to be in a place where you can have the most impact. You can score the more, most goals, have the, get some power play time, and just have a chance to really produce so you do show that you're worth the $4 million a year that you want. Yeah. Are you going to get that going and playing on the third line? Right. I don't know. Um, I I think he would probably command more like three million if he was in a place like place like New York. He probably would want more. But you know, I I I don't know. I, here's the problem: like Tommy Novak had a, a contract that was so undervalued. Yeah. Eight hundred thousand for for what he contributed, and and signing yeah. that in the middle of that was pretty astonishing last year because yeah. he he was having that breakout year and then still signed a basically a league minimum year extension. Yeah, and now he wants like four times that is pretty crazy. So I I don't know. We'll see if that really even happens, but it's a big jump. Yeah, it's a big jump. But if you if you're going into a situation like you said, you feel like maybe this is a ridiculously undervalued contract maybe there's a little bit of okay i got undervalued before i'm not going to let it happen again let me shoot higher if that four million number gets out there if i hit the three million three and a half million range then now i feel like i'm not just getting what i deserve but maybe getting a little bit back of what i feel like i let go of or left on the table exactly with the last contract and i don't think you can really blame him again he's not 22 years old yeah but yeah but you know, again, we talked about it the last time that the the time everything gets scrunched together when you're this old as he is as a as a prospect and and just now becoming a UFA like the, you don't have a lot of leg room in terms of 
Um, maybe I can squeeze out one or two more. He, he's got to try to go get his contract now because this get might the be his last biggest chance. contract he can get. Yeah. He's, it's that age where he's got to do that. Well, we will talk about uh, UC Soros when we get back. We're going to spin the break, figuring out a letter that starts or a word that starts with the letter S. <laughs> That fits, and uh, hopefully you'll see our results when we come back. But before we go, as we look ahead to the next Predator Showdown, it's the perfect time to plan your future in Nashville. Salus Realty Group is ready to assist, ensuring your real estate goals are met with the determination of a playoff chase. Visit salusrealtygroup.com, and let's start mapping out your game plan. Salus Realty Group, where every closing is a championship victory. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. This segment of Penalty Box Radio Live is brought to you by the Music City Marauders. The Music City Marauders are proud to present their Spring Skills Camp for your youth hockey players. This is a great six-week opportunity to help get your player ready for your spring tryout season. There are a few spots left, but hurry before they're gone. Head over to www.musiccitymarauders.com to sign up or get on the wait list. Alex, Yes. We uh, we talked a lot about Tommy. We had Tommy time. We had Tommy talk. And now it's time for UC Yammer. Sorrow speak. Sorrow speak just seemed too, <laughs> too succinct. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I wanted something that brought an air of mystery and so can nonsense. I, can I point out one thing that he said at the beginning of that clip? This Please. is from our from the Trots thing that we just listened, that we listened to last segment. Yes. So, and this is I th- I think you have to consider what. Barry Trotz is trying to do this year. I know that there's long-term goals. I know that there's, you know, there, there's priorities long and short-term. But he said in there, I owe it to our fans to make the playoffs. He, it was, he, he, he has, and he, in addition to the thing recently with the, the reason he canceled the U2 trip was because of they weren't doing right by their fans. I think Trotz is coming into this first year and saying, I need to regain this fan base. And well, it, I agree. Yeah. I mean, if you if and, you are content to just let the team uh, circle the drain in order to get a better draft pick, then by all means, they're they're going and watching Bono, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But and and as, as it relates to, to Soros, that's why he told Frank Saravalli and has said, or I'm sorry, Pierre LeBron. Sorry, was that? Who? Yeah, it was Pierre LeBron. He's been talking to a lot of people. Been talking to a lot of people, but. That's why he told them, if we're in a playoff position, I'm not trading Soros. I think it matches with his whole demeanor since the beginning of the season. Now, at the beginning of the season, he was talking about signing Soros to a long-term deal. I think he's backed off of that a little bit. Right. He understands that maybe that, maybe locking himself into that isn't the best idea. But I think that it makes sense to want to go into the playoffs because this team didn't make the playoffs last year. And... There's implications there. I mean, wh- what happens? Well, I'll I'll let you respond to that. But but yeah, I I think it's it's all about he wants to get this fan base hyped up about this team again. That's his kind of one of his big priorities. I, I'll say this. I think I think there's a lot of truth to what you said, right? I'm not going to say that. Well, you've hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of truth there. I think what I think there's a very loud minority of Preds fans who follow the team 
with with a very like we're looking at every we're analyzing everything that happens we're yeah. looking at every single thing every move what it means for the future but i think that's a very small minority it, i just think they have a very loud voice yeah. and i think your most of your preds fans they want to see the team win correct and i don't i don't think most fans most people who follow this team are not going to in 4 years care that the team didn't capitalize on an asset that they could have traded the deadline. They just aren't. Like people do not care about that. No. I mean I, I think I think people grossly overestimate the number of yeah. Preds fans out there that are thinking about that right now. So let now. me can I I want to read something to you right now. And this this relates to the Soros stuff. And I'm pulling this from an old article about a different trade situation involving okay. a different player. And I'm going to redact some names here and see just give you an idea of what this is so this is this is a, a, a recap of like a trade situation is basically. this is this a are the preds involved mm, mm, uh, tangentially how how long ago are we talking about within the last 10 years okay so some people thought that this particular gm was waiting too long to trade this player that didn't deter the front office's patience plenty of teams reached out to this team by the deadline, but but the trade deadline came and went. So did the draft over the summer. So did training camp. The player's agent believed his client would have been traded by the beginning of that season, but he wasn't. He started with that team and everything. We weren't in any rush to trade player. The GM said in an interview, "We wanted to make sure that when we were going to move him, it was the right fit for the franchise." This is about the Duchesne trade with Colorado Avalanche oh. in 2017. Okay. One of the most famous trades, mostly because of Joe Sackick waiting for so long right. and pay, it paying off in, in handsomely because sure. they got so much in that trade. Now, it ha since it, the trade kind of is viewed in weirdly because like not yeah. all, basically the only only one piece is really playing still, but they got draft picks in there. I know, but so. The only reason I bring that up, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison because the Duchesne situation was much different. He was right. de he demanded a trade out, and so that was different. But it is similar in that it doesn't mean that if you trade, if you don't trade UC Soros, and this is what I've heard a lot. Right. People have been saying if you don't trade UC Soros by this deadline, his price goes down. Right. Okay. What well, could? Sure. It, it could go down. It could also go up because what if they make the playoffs and the UC Soros has some crazy run and. Then the price is probably about the same, if not higher. I mean, that's that's happened before, where UC Soros goes on a crazy run late in the season, right? I mean, yeah. We always talked about him being a perennially then, slow starter. Exactly. And then you got a, you've got a situation where you've got a, a one year left on this goalie, who number one, you've got more teams involved in the trade conversation because sure. more teams can, would want that goalie, right? Not just ones that are competing this year. You've also got more teams that have a an alleviated cap situation with the cap going up. Right. Maybe ones that are able to off because it's the summer, they can maybe do more moves and get rid of some of their contracts in other ways. I think the price goes up. I, I, I don't think I'm crazy either. I, I think it, it is certainly high now. Well, it is certainly at a certain level now, but I think there's a very reasonable thought that it could it could be just as high in the summer if he if he waits i agree i mean if if not higher and i think the thing that you're looking at you're looking at like i said barry trotz is being coy with the media here's where i think he's being coy i think i think what you're seeing is look he he want he's saying look i'm allegiant to the fans here right i'm loyal to the fans i want to do right by the fans fans want playoffs 
I've already said I think most fans want playoffs regardless of trading or not trading UC Soros, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Bearing all of that in mind, okay, just bear all that in mind, when you say that you're not selling something, uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not selling this goalie when we're in the playoffs, well, that also raises the price. Because he said, he said with Novak, they're keeping the they're keeping the phone lines open, right? I I okay. I hear this argument. I think people think it's like some it, Trotz is at the poker table and he's like bluffing. He's got a a seven three offsuit and he's just holding nothing. And he's like bluff master over here with the sunglasses. Phil Helmuth clacking his you know World Series of Poker uh, bracelets on the table and being like, you know. I'm I'm gonna bluff and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you at this game. It's not like that. It's not a poker game. Like I think I think Trotz has to deal in reality and he has to deal with the fact that these are real transactions that affect a half a billion dollar you know organization. Alex, I'm just I'm just gonna say just we're gonna take a little pause here. Yeah. From the, I've I've been through all of this with you and we've talked it. Whenever I bring up something like wrestling, which I feel like <laughs> is a, a widely accepted sport that a lot of people follow fervently and passionately, you're like, I don't know anything about wrestling. And here you go, unloading on me <laughs> the World I just, Series of Poker references. I just told you everything I know about the World Series of Poker. Those are the those are the three facts I know. Phil did, Helmuth. Did you have this written out, like, or you just have it ready no. to go? Like, <laughs> I feel like if you want to talk about the Junkyard Dog, we can do that. Yeah. But I have nothing on World Series of Poker. Anyway, back to the Preds. Here... <laughs> This blows my mind. Uh, you know, I, okay, it's it's not a bluff, but mm-hmm. am I wrong? Does it not raise that price up? Because if if the if one of these teams thinks like all we need, we will win the Stanley Cup if we have UC Soros, and they offer the right thing. Hey, look, we're willing to give you this game changing, playmaking young center, and I think well, I think they take it. Oh yeah, I. Mean, I I think that they would if they if they got the right offer. Yeah, I think they would make it. I think just like Joe Sakic told uh, this reporter, like if the if if the um, I forgot now I've lost the quote, but if if the the deal was right for the franchise, we'd make it. But I, I don't think that this this game in the media where he's saying, okay, well we'll just keep him. I really don't think that it that's it's that that he's doing that. I I just don't think it would work. I think it's pretty insulting to the other GMs that they're gonna be like. They're not just like you know Scooby Doo villains that can be <laughs> exposed. It's like these are these are also smart people. These general managers are some of these general managers are very good at what they do. Some of them are not, but a lot of them are pretty good and they understand like cost and negotiation and leverage and everything. So that that makes several shows in a row where <laughs> Scooby Doo's been brought up. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I don't know, but here here's the thing. Look, look, Alex. No, I, yeah. Is it insulting to other GMs? <laughs> sure, but have you not seen the media kind of get leveraged in these situations here recently? Uh, usually involving like player agent negotiations. I just don't think that that really works on GMs. Maybe I'm well, wrong. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily. I don't think. I don't think the intention is like, yep, we're gonna say this, and these, this is gonna be the words I use. Like it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. If we, what if you just came out and said, okay, um, Luke Evangelista. Not on the table. Well, I don't even know if GMs are interested in him right now. Like, but we know people are interested in Soros. Yeah, but do you think that they would be less interested just because he said, "I don't know if I'm going to trade him"? 
just think it might plant a seed in their mind that the price is going to be higher. It feels very like high school. Does he like me? I work in a high school, Alex. Does he? Does he? Can you find out if he like? I think I don't know if he likes me or not. Can you find out if he likes me? Ask him to text me and see what he says. Oh, That's what even, it feels like. They don't even pass notes anymore. It's just text text <laughs> messaging, isn't it? Get his Snapchat and back, see if he can, you know. Back in the late 1900s. <laughs> this feels like yesterday to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> buddy, I got I That's got what some it news feels like. It you. feels like high school drama where two people are like just just go talk to the person, okay? Just find out if they actually are interested. We don't need to do this game. I don't play games. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know. It, this this is all revolving around the game of hockey, so um, I think there's a solid chance that there could be some gamesmanship going on. Uh, look, you got a special guest appearance there from uh, from our producer Connor. Really excited to hear him chime in. Always love it when he talks to us. But uh, look, coming up, really excited. Um, we've got we've got a new sponsor joining the show. For our three-on-three draft, I gave a little tease about it earlier. When we get back, you'll hear all about them. But before we go, another great sponsor, Salus Realty Group. Show's almost over, but your real estate journey is just beginning. With Salus Realty Group, you're always on the winning team. Their dedication to clients is as relentless as the Preds on a power play. Lace up for your real estate play at salusrealtygroup.com. Salus Realty Group, where every deal is a hat trick. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. Folks, listen, I'm very excited to talk to you about this. We're going to introduce our our newest sponsor. This is the sponsor for our three-on-three draft, which you may have heard me mention earlier, is going to be known as the Main Event Three-on-Three Draft. That's right. Our new sponsor is Main Event of Murfreesboro. Uh, They just opened their newest location in Murfreesboro. And let me tell you, Alex, it's worth the drive. They've got everything you need to have a good time. Bowling, billiards, laser tag, a full menu, a full service bar, and a whole lot of games. This brand new facility has plenty of room for your family, team, or corporate event. Ask about the Penalty Box Radio Special when signing up for a year-end sports party or other event for some extra fun on us. Head over to mainevent.com for more information today. Alex. Yes. This is uh, also exciting news for us because next week we know the trade deadline is Friday. And our show, we're Mm -hmm. going to have a special trade deadline day spectacular. We will be live on the air Friday, March 8th at 7 o'clock. Just, Alex, a few hours after the trade deadline closes, we'll break down all the moves Barry Trotz makes or doesn't make and what it means for the team moving forward between now and then. Coming up this week, Preds have, uh, well, I guess coming up this week and part of next week before our next show, which is on Friday next week, they're playing tomorrow versus the Wild at home, Sunday versus Colorado, also at home, Tuesday against Montreal, also at home, and Thursday versus Buffalo, also at home. The home stretch there. Um, Going to be pretty interesting to see the Preds are able to put together a home win against Ottawa last night. Yep. And, you know, they've shown that they can win on the road. 
that was that was something you know I don't know that there's really been a question about that for this team this this season that whether or not they can win on the road but they've been able to win on the road they just went on the best road trip they've ever been on winning all five of their games mm-hmm. and then they came home followed up with a win at home even after yesterday I mean they won it was a home game but this season winning at home's been an issue did you know the Preds are currently tied for the fourth worst home record I did not. That's the, a lot. In the NHL, fourth worst. 15, 15 losses. 15 losses at home. And do you know who number one is with the most home losses? Who is that? It's Anaheim. That's not surprising. 20 losses at home. Now, but here's – and this is I'm, – I'm making a point here. And I, yeah. I, I keep telling me how surprising this is because, look, next second place, 17 home losses, San Jose. San Jose, Are yeah. you surprised? Uh, no, not Are really. you shocked? No. <laughs> no. Okay, look. Next, you've got a a two-way tie for third between Montreal and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised? Uh, maybe a tad. I, I thought Buffalo would be better. But but then look at who Nashville's keeping company with here in fourth place. Four-way yeah. tie for, for fourth place, 15 home losses. Columbus, Chicago, mm-hmm. and New Jersey. Yeah. that You don't want to be a part of that, that group with Chicago. I mean, that's – yeah. That's not what you want to see, right? New I mean, Jersey surprises me too. I mean, New Jersey's yeah. surprising, and I yeah. think that's the question: is you know, look, are the Preds one of the teams that are going to be in this position now, and that will be surprising at the end of the season when they're making a deep run in the playoffs, mm-hmm. or are they going to be a team that when people look back, they're going to go, well, when you saw that they've lost half of their home games, thirty home games into the season, that should have been a sign because Alex, roughly half of your playoff games are going to be at home. I mean, most of those teams are not very good. I mean, and it's definitely debatable how good Nashville is. They're probably not a very good team. I mean, they've had some moments where they look good and moments where they don't look good. So, I mean, they're on a heater right now, but maybe they're maybe there's more home wins coming. I mean, right? They got their first one in a while. Tuesday, and then they get another chance tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. And then they've got three more chances before they go on the road again. But, folks, it's it's about that time for us to get into the main event, three-on-three draft. Very, very excited about this. Alex, uh, today's topic, today's, today's uh, draft item, mm-hmm. arcade games. Sweet. A little bit in honor of our new sponsor, Main Event of Murphy's. And we're talking upright arcade games. We're not talking about just video games. Yeah, but we're like not. This is, you're going things to the that arcade. Things you have to pump quarters into. You're pumping a quarter in there, and you're getting after it. Okay. So who goes first? I already have mine. I believe you went first last time. All right. Go. I don't know if I'm right about that or not. I think that's right. Okay. If I'm wrong, it's okay. All right. Look, I, I'm going with... There are classic games out there that I was thinking about, but and again, look, I haven't been spending a lot of time in arcades recently. Um, I'm not, you know, a child of the 2000s. But here's the thing: I'm going to go with what I think is going to be the, the the difference maker in this draft. I'm going to take it off the board early, and that's NBA Jam. Okay, all right. I actually, I actually don't have any sports games on mine. Womp womp. Ooh, I, I don't. I really don't. Okay, it's not too Maybe late to re- change course. We should reconsider that. Um, all right, NBA Jam's a good one. My number one is going to be Mortal Kombat. Ooh, that's a good the choice. Original Mortal Kombat, simple, bloody, and just so much fun. Because I mean, I I, I, I just could, described hockey. I could play, <laughs> I could play Mortal Kombat all day, 
I mean, when I was eight, nine, ten years old, I would go to the mall and bring a lot of quarters and play that. So, no, I I don't have a problem with Mortal Kombat. I, I will say that it's not on my board. Okay, but you got very close to what I'm really excited to choose second in the draft, and I probably poured more quarters into this machine than about any other machine except for one, which I bet still be on the board next. But I'm going to go with Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Street Fighter was on mine, yeah. Street Fighter 2 for me. Specifically Street Fighter 2, though, right? Yeah, well, not Street Fighter 1. Nobody even remembers that. Yeah, Street Fighter 1 was (laughs) kind of came and went. Yeah, Street (laughs) Fighter 2 was like, I didn't even know what Street Fighter was when 2 came out, but I knew that I liked it, and I knew that I wanted to play more. Yeah, Street Fighter 2 is a good one. Yeah. Um, My second pick is... um, I don't know if every arcade had this one, but I remember just everyone was obsessed with this game, and it was for some reason it was a lot of fun. The Simpsons game. Oh, it was. The Simpsons arcade game was addicting. It was so cool. And, like, I mean, I always wanted to be Bart because he had the skateboard, but then Lisa was good too, and Homer. I mean, it it was just this side-scrolling thing where everyone could contribute and play together. It was just awesome. You could could have four players at a time. Yeah, four players at a time. That's a classic arcade game. Every walking member of the uh, nuclear family there. Yeah. Um, Do you remember what Marge's weapon was? Was it her hair? She could use her hair. I think she also had a vacuum, didn't she? Oh, yeah, she did, yeah. She did use her hair. I always thought that was really cool. I actually don't remember what Lisa's was. Saxophone. Saxophone, yeah. I think it was saxophone. Um, that was a fun game. You know, really is very very close similarities between that game and the game I'm going to go with. Um, probably, I know, I know, I actually beat this game in an arcade, uh-huh. and I spent like poundage of quarters. Like I don't even like it was a lot, but I played all the way through it. Also, a four player game. You got to use all the main characters. Very similar to the Simpsons game. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was a good one. That was definitely a very Love good that one. one. Uh, very similar vibes, yeah. like kind of all together, playing together. Agree. Um, I'm going to go, my last one, I'm going to go with, with Killer Instinct. Killer another, Instinct. Another fighting game. Yeah, another fighting game. Fighting games are fun, arcade games. They really They're are. They're fun. I thought about Tekken. You yeah, remember I remember Tekken? that one. Tekken was cool because it had this sort of 3D, like you could the camera kind of rotated yeah. around, which was different. It was innovative, I think. Yeah. Killer Instinct, though, because Killer Instinct, there's no, there was it really brought in a very classic arcade element of like just random combos that just you could blow guys out of the water. So that was a fun game. All right, so let's let's review my choices: NBA Jam, Street Fighter 2, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Alex, Mortal Kombat, Simpsons Game, Killer Instinct. Connor, what do we got? Man, NBA Jam is probably my favorite. I didn't have the arcade games like you guys did, mm-hmm. but no Tecmo Bowl? Come on now. I played you Punch-Out, no Punch-Out. I don't, I don't know why sports games did not come to my mind. Could you play Tecmo Bowl at the arcade? Apparently. No. Yeah, it's a I thing. Don't, I don't okay. know. I'll have to look into that. I'll okay. consult with the other olds. The other olds? Yeah. But I always thought about NHL hits or NFL hits. Those are good games. NHL too. hits is good. Like yeah. the NHL open ice. Sorry, but yes, that was a good continue. One. Who who wins this? Yeah, round? who Sorry. wins? Um, I'm gonna go Sean this time. Yes. Okay. Just right because out. I wasn't. I mean, NBA Mo- Jam is probably a big NBA one. Jam kind of stole my heart. I love Mortal yeah. Kombat. I wasn't big on Killer Instinct. You know, I had a, I had a uh, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have Mortal Kombat as a kid, but I did. Oh. I, I procured one and st- as like. 
hid it in my like clothes drawer, and I would only play it when my parents were gone. Oh wow, that's that's a story allowed. for another time. My I dad like might that. be hearing this right now. He I hope. Well, hopefully that. you're not going to get punished anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for National Tennessee real estate. Also, thanks to Truvo Sports Laundry, the Music City Marauders, and main event of Murfreesboro. Everyone, we'll see you next week on Friday. Any final words, Alex? Uh, No. I have no, no final words. Go read my stuff at the Tennessee end, please. Don't tell Alex's dad about Mortal Kombat. <laughs>